This is the Practical Homeopathy Podcast, episode number 61 with Joette Calabres. This is Joette Calabres, and I'd like to welcome you to the Practical Homeopathy Podcast. Women and men worldwide are taking back control of their family's health and learning how to heal their bodies naturally, safely, and effectively. So if you're hungry to learn more, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned as we give you the tools and the inspiration you need as I share my decades of experience and knowledge using this powerful medicine we call homeopathy. to be with Joette again today. And we are going to be talking about those myths again. We're going to bust open some more homeopathic myths. So Joette, let's get to it. Sure. Let's go. Okay. The first one is that homeopathy may delay people from getting the medical treatment that they need. So Joette, let's talk about that for a bit. Is that really true? Do you think? Um, no, I don't believe it's true. In fact, I encourage folks to get a diagnosis. And so I want them to work with their doctor or naturopath. I think it's important, chiropractor, uh, because it's important that they have a team. How do we know what's going on if we don't have a diagnosis? So I never tell people get off of your drugs. I never tell people don't go to a doctor. That's not in my vocabulary. Instead, I encourage them to get a good diagnosis. I even tell people what kind of doctor to look for, because I think it's important that people choose someone who has lots and lots of clinical experience. I believe that people should choose a doctor who's older. And I think that's very important to have someone who has lots of experience. So um, it would not delay treatment because we're always looking for a diagnosis, particularly with the method that I teach, which is practical homeopathy. You want to know what the conventional diagnosis is, not the reason for the condition, but rather what the conventional diagnosis is. Additionally, I guess another aspect of this is that homeopathy works beautifully alongside conventional medicine. What I mean by that is we're always looking to correct the problem so that the drugs are no longer necessary. But I would be really remiss if I thought I would lived in a world where people would come to me who are not taking drugs or would be willing to stop their drugs. Uh, that could be dangerous, number one. Number two, most people are not willing to do that or not interested in doing that. I do not encourage anyone ever getting off of their drugs without the supervision of their doctor or pharmacist. Okay, yes. So that brings us to myth number two, that allopathic medicines cannot be taken with homeopathy. The idea that allopathic medicines cannot be taken in combination with homeopathy is erroneous. In fact, I urge people to stay on their medications and to work with their doctors as they improve. That's the goal. They go back to the doctor and say, hey, look, doc, I think I'm improving. Can we back off? If the, the doctor feels, no, 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 we're still not there yet. You just stay on that medication and uh, the goal here is to uproot the condition. Now, not all conditions can be uprooted. Not all people who have specific conditions can see 100% improvement. In fact, let me say parenthetically that um, we're not looking for perfect health. So if that's what folks are looking for, forget it. There's no <laughs> such thing. We have to know that there's relatively good health. I've never met anyone who has perfect health. I have, I've looked. 
I've sought them out, but I've never seen that. Everyone has a cross to bear. So what we're looking for is that that condition, whatever it might be, is reduced enough so that perhaps the person can go back to their doctor and say, I'm feeling well enough that maybe I don't need as much or I don't need it as frequently, or perhaps I don't need it at all. But that's up to the doctor and the patient. You know, Joette, that's really helped me a lot to hear you say that in the past, that no one has perfect health, because I think whether we care to admit that to ourselves or not, each of us is thinking that at some point we're going to arrive like, ta-da, now we have perfect health. And it just has helped me to have realistic expectations that, yes, we might get rid of one thing and then, you know, just life and our bodies aging, it's something else is going to creep up. But thankfully we have homeopathy to deal with those things. Well, that's right. And so it will help with the acute problems and the chronic problems, but don't think for a second, you're not going to have them. That is what life is filled with. And maybe we should discuss another myth. And that is that Joette Calabrese has perfect health. Is, is that true, Joette? <laughs> oh my gosh, no, absolutely not. No, I mean, I've come around. I was very, very sick for long periods of time. That has ended. I no longer have fatigue or asthma or severe allergies and food intolerances, etc. But I don't know if you notice my voice is a little hoarse tonight. And I do get that every once in a while. It's not uh, plaguing. It's not painful. It's not uncomfortable, but it does happen to me from time to time. And I might ask, well, why is that happening? I don't really know necessarily why it's happening. I don't have more mucus or anything else going on. I'm not around any pollens that are shifting around that I'm aware of, but maybe there are. I, I don't really know. I don't worry about it. So it is what it is. And when it goes away, it goes away and I don't give it a thought. And you're not automatically searching for that right homeopathic remedy because it's not severe enough, right? Right. I don't want to take pills for every little thing. I'd rather just wait and see how things bear out. So now I'm in Florida right now. And just by going in the water, it's really great. I feel so energized by being in the water. So I might spend a little more time in the water. I might swish some water, the ocean water in my mouth for a while. I gargle with it a little bit, but I'm not going to put an awful lot of effort into the fact that my, my voice is a little off. And I, you know, I struggle with issues from time to time. I still get colds every once in a while. I mean, we all have stuff. It's all part of being human. That's why we don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so let's talk about another myth, and that is that it is going to take forever for homeopathic medicine to take effect and to make us well. Yeah, that is a common, let me put it this way. It's based on some truth. It does take a while for homeopathy to act when it comes to a chronic condition. Uh, not always. We often see with eczema, we can see it someone turn around in sometimes a couple of days. For other people, it can take eight months. It doesn't mean, however, that there isn't improvement along the way. And that's what gives us not only hope, but it gives us information as to whether or not the medicines that we're using are correct and should be repeated. But our medicine, um, homeopathy, has a loftier goal than just using drugs. Whereas with drugs, if you have uh, a thyroid condition, let's say hypothyroidism, and you're taking a synthetic thyroid, you're told that you'll be taking that the rest of your life. You might find that your energy has returned by taking it and that your hair is not falling out 
quite so dramatically. But the thyroid is not corrected. With homeopathy, we're using medicines that may take a while, months, many months perhaps, to correct the problem with the hypothyroidism. But when we're done after eight months, 10 months, a year, etc., the medications can sometimes be eliminated and even the homeopathics um, can often be eliminated as well. And now the correction has been made and the thyroid is back to where it ought to be. Now, if someone has a thyroid condition, that might be their weakest link. And it might be an area where they have a propensity for that problem. So two, three years down the road, after having a third child, a fifth child, the thyroid might come to its knees again. And if it has knees, I don't think it has. I think it has <laughs> lobes instead. It'd be brought to its lobes. And, <laughs> and it may need another boost again of the homeopathic. So we never get to, as we said a few minutes ago, to perfection. But what we're looking for is to correct as best we can within that organism. I think that's pretty darn lofty and quite hopeful because it means that we can fix the condition often, not always, not for everyone, but we usually can fix the condition instead of supplementing it with a synthetic drug. Right. So we have to have patience. That's something that also comes to mind working with you over the years, Joette, is that it may take us a while, whether I'm taking a course and learning on my own or um, brainstorming with you. Sometimes it takes a while, but if we have patience, I always say there's a remedy for that. It's finding that remedy. Sometimes that can be tricky, but again, with the protocols, it makes it so much easier. And that was one of the things that frustrated me in the beginning is um, it would take forever to even figure out what to give for a cold, right? But now it's so much more simple. Oh, it's super easy. I mean, I tell people all the time, I love the product Cold Calm. I love uh, the Banerjee Protocol, Aconitum 200 with Bryonia 30. I love those remedies because they cover a large percentage of the population who have colds. Mm -hmm. Just even yesterday, my daughter started coming down with something, a sore throat. Um, what else did she have? She just said she wasn't feeling quite right, a little bit dizzy. And I thought, uh oh, she might be coming down with a cold. And I used that aconite brownia combination, aconite 200 with brownia 200 mixed together. And literally by the afternoon, she was up and she said, Mom, I'm feeling good. I'm going to go to youth group tonight. And it was just amazing how she recovered so quickly. Yeah, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. If you own some of these medicines, have them on hand. Oscillococcinum is another good one for a forthcoming cold or flu. There are a lot of good remedies. Aconitum by itself, Nux Vomica is a great remedy for colds or flus. And so when you own a, a good number of remedies, you'll then realize that there are only a certain number of them that are specifically for colds. And as long as you own them, you can always give it a try and, and go on with, if one doesn't work, you can go to another one. If that one doesn't act, then you can go to the next. Mm -hmm. But I think what happens is that people are afraid, and I think this is probably another myth. Let's talk about the myth that provings are horrible and that we want to avoid them at any cost. That's the myth. And provings can be uncomfortable, and a proving means that you've used a medicine, homeopathic medicine, too long, or it was incorrect in the first place, and it starts causing symptoms. But that does not mean that you're stuck with it, because we do know that we can sniff mint, essential oil of mint, really heartily 
up into the nostrils pretty deeply with a good sniff. You hold the bottle to the nostril <laughs> and sniff. And then you take another sniff or you put a couple of drops of essential oil of mint on a cotton ball. And that brings down the, the action of the medicine that has been ill-chosen. Or we can use camphor, camphora, 200, one dose, one day. And that often brings down the ill effects of a remedy that's poorly chosen or that has been used for too long and has gone in the opposite direction. That reminds me, we were talking a little bit earlier about your cute dog, Buster, and what happened with him. Tell us. Yeah, Buster's the bad office dog. That's his, um, his, <laughs> his nickname. He has his own blog. Every once in a while, he writes for us. And he tells the other dogs what to take, and cats too. He's got an affinity <laughs> towards cats as well. But at any rate, my son called because he's taking care of Buster for us while we're away. And he said, Buster's not feeling very well. He's shaking and he's, he's screeched out and he's messing in the house. And that's not like Buster. He doesn't generally do those kinds of things. And we had been giving Buster our Senecum album. All I told my son, give him our Senecum album about five days ago. Give it to him twice or three times a day because there were some other conditions that were showing up. He, we had some diarrhea and some nausea, et cetera. So I told him to give him our Senecum. And I believe that what uh, my son is reporting tonight is approving. Buster's not well. He's very anxious. And our Senecum album should help with anxiety. But given that it's perhaps the wrong medicine, and I think that's what's going on here, is that um, Buster's now very anxious and panting and his heart is racing. So I said, okay, now give him some Camphor 200 and just put it in his mouth and he should calm down quite a bit. Now, it would be hard to give Buster some essential oil of mint. And so we just decided to give him Camphor 200. And while I was on the phone with my son, while he was holding Buster, he said, yeah, I think it's, he's getting a little bit better. He's not as shaky. Okay, now he's not panting so much. And I would say that over a period of about 20 minutes while we were on the phone, Buster started to calm down and calm down and calm down. So it didn't take very long. Now, it doesn't, it depends on the circumstance and what remedies are being used, et cetera. Sometimes we see a proving calm down within 20 minutes, just like what happened with Buster tonight. But sometimes it takes longer than that. It might take a day or so. So then Buster got feeling much better. He fell asleep on my son's lap. And then we just got another call. Kate, you and I were interrupted because it's coming back again. So it's not as severe as it was, reports my son, the anxiety, et cetera. But I said, give him another dose of Camphor 200. So he'll probably just get those two doses and um, that should probably take care of it tonight for Buster. And then tomorrow over the next couple of days, we'll see how he fares. Will he still have that nausea and the diarrhea that he had about six, seven days ago when we started the arsenicum? Or has that been resolved now that he's been given arsenicum for a few days and camphor shortly after? Hmm. Oh, poor Buster. Yeah, that's a misconception for sure. People are concerned that they might give the wrong remedy um, or how soon can they give another remedy if they don't feel like one is acting. And so they're worried about giving too many remedies, but I barely ever see that happen with people. How about you, Joette? Do you feel like people give too many one right after the other or is it, do they err on the other side? Well, I think it goes both ways. Uh, some people are very cautious and so cautious that they don't give enough doses and others who are uh, throw caution to the wind and are too zealous about it and give it too frequently. And probably in this situation, I should have been observing the dog, but my son is gone during the day and wasn't watching the dog as closely as 
it would have been useful to have done so that we could say, oh, wow, he's not getting better. In fact, he's getting worse. And perhaps this remedy is not right for him and then halt the use of the remedy. But by this time, with this kind of behavior and how he's acting tonight, it's pretty clear that the remedy is incorrect. Right. So if you are observant and take note of how the person is feeling, then anything that would be dangerous can be avoided. That's right. We've got to stop, get measure, which is great. We don't want to be too cavalier about using these medicines because indeed they are medicines. And I always encourage folks to follow the protocols that I teach on the blog and in my courses and in my books, CDs, etc. Stay true to the protocols and how frequently they're used as well as the potencies. And that's how you're going to get your best results. Mm-hmm. So Joette, these last two podcasts that we've done about myths have been super fun for me. And I think that there's even more myths that we could cover. So maybe we'll do some more of these in the future. Yeah, I look forward to it. So Joette, leave us with some words of wisdom. <laughs> oh boy, there's the pressure. I guess what I wanted to say that when it comes to myths about homeopathy or any kind of myth, it is sometimes hard to parse out what's myth and what's truth. We must be the busters. Oh my. I mean, I don't mean buster the poodle. I mean the myth busters. I mean, you must do your research. You must never stop. You know, that's what life's all about is constant learning. It's self-educating. We must pursue a lifelong interest in how to take care of ourselves and our families and become lifelong students. We must be skeptical of others' motives and do our homework. And it's up to you to do that. So go for it, folks, and be your own MythBuster. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath public speaker and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy. Joette's podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit in your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.